So, um, it's the, this is Kevin Brittingham. It's the Q and Ass podcast. I'm here with Talon Sai. Talon, what's going on? Not much, man. Just enjoying my day up here in New Hampshire. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is. really is. I know. Think, I think it was yesterday morning. I woke up and it was snowing. I was like, damn it. Yeah. And now today it's all sunny, so we're sitting on the back deck. Um, so, Talon, you are a... What, what do you call yourself? You do video content creator? What, what do, yeah, I typically tell people I'm a video creator, videographer, or if we're really going down the rabbit hole, I'll tell people I'm a YouTuber, which is a little more interesting because people ask a million questions. How does that work? How do you make money? And how do you get into it? So, yeah, these are all the things I want to know. Yeah. So, so you've got a YouTube channel. Well, you have two now, um, right? You, it, did it start out as stuff stuff and things yeah so the channel name is just talent side it's my name okay and then i started making vlogs just like hanging out with my friends and things like that and i started naming the series stuff and things because i would cover a lot of different stuff and things i would do product reviews i would do like exploring videos i would do motorcycles and cars and things like that so it's kind of all-encompassing, just a broad term. Oh, that's that it's cool. Yeah, I'm not going to lie. I've not watched them all, but I became aware of you. I don't know if you messaged me or um, one of the guys at work might have turned me on to one of your videos, um, so I'm not sure. But then, okay, so you've now had to... Um, so I, I'm pretty new to YouTube and stuff, but so I, I've started watching tons of videos on, on my television once mm -hmm. my kids showed me how. And so YouTube, it started getting uh, demonetized, uh, it, which I would see some people like Mac or uh, other people, Military Arms Channel, mm -hmm. uh, kind of bitch and complain about it. And, and, and so this has given you the ability to have two separate ones now, right? Yeah. So you just took the gun stuff out of your stuff and things? Yeah, so I started doing videos related to guns maybe three years ago, so like about a year into making YouTube videos I had already grown a following to like 10,000 subscribers or something like that and started doing gun videos in my own fashion and they got pretty popular so long story short fast forward to back in October um, YouTube has been changing their policies on what you can upload and how they can advertise on it they've been changing them a lot and everyone is complaining about it because it's affecting not only gun people but everyone as a whole the entire yeah, platform i was gonna ask you is, is it something that because i'm ignorant to this so this isn't like a stump the chump sort of thing um but one thing to me is you know everyone will always say oh they're picking on us or it's political like is it that is it just guns what else is being affected and there it's a it's a mashup of things i think a lot of people feel singled out because i mean youtube is pretty liberal so they yeah. they have a very clear stance on how they feel about firearms and things like that sure um however you can still upload the stuff but that that's when you get into the whole demonetization thing however there's other people like um coppa just went into effect it's children the children's online privacy protection act and it's this new system put in place by the FCC, I guess, where they're figuring out how people are being targeted, how kids are being targeted with ads online. So they put this whole system in place where now you have to like 
signify if your videos are suitable for children or not and they just they youtube had a billion dollar lawsuit where they got in a bunch of trouble um but what i'm getting at is it's not just firearm related videos being yeah. affected it's across the entire platform is, is it just seem to be things like porn or guns or what else can you think of that's really being affected i don't know i mean it, it is hard to to tell but firearms are definitely being affected because of the their uh, weapons policy so the, the way my channel got demonetized back in october um my videos would individually be demonetized meaning there were no ads on them and i wouldn't make money off of the gun videos so so they they basically so their policy is well we're still giving you free speech just not gonna yeah. allow you to make money off the ones we don't agree with correct oh. and now that youtube's my full-time job like that was important so <laughs> yeah I, I didn't mind so much that the gun videos were being demonetized it was whatever to me um i it, you're the ball's in their court so you kind of play by their rules it's a public yeah or private company so you can't really do anything yeah um and then you know which i also have feelings about that like it pisses me off for them to take a political stance or you know whether it be guns or whatever to start restricting that but then i also think as a business owner you own a place you'd be able to do whatever the hell you want yeah so i kind of i kind of see the pros and cons or like it's a double-sided sword really yeah so instead of just the videos being demonetized then something happened where my channel was flagged and they removed my entire channel from the partner program which is what is that the partner program is um being able to monetize your videos so they demonetize. Oh, so do you like open your videos up? Like I have no idea this, so this works. So you yeah. upload a video and you like click a button that says, hey, I'll allow you to put ads and stuff in yeah. here and you can pay me? Yep, there's a, oh. a monetize thing that you can oh, check. Oh, see, I just figured it was a, you upload it to their, to YouTube, then they could do whatever they want. I didn't even know this. Yeah, okay. so when, when you have a channel, um, after you surpass their threshold, it's like you have to have they changed this recently too. I think it's if you have like a thousand subscribers, you have to have over four thousand watched hours in the past year. So it's it's pretty easy to get to that. Yeah. Um, but after that, you can join their partner program, which allows you to monetize your videos. So Oh, okay. So I've been monetizing everything. However, yeah, um the gun videos individually were being demonetized on a per video basis, and then something hit where they were like all right, what you're doing here is against our policies. We're going to remove you from the partner program. Oh, so this oh, is wow. back in the beginning of October. Now I can't make any money from ads on YouTube. So I was like, okay, how do I fix this? What What's the best way to go about this? Am I going to remove videos individually until I can reapply and figure out that way? Um, it was a really yeah, long were process. Were you able to talk to them? or? or? So that's another thing. Um, when you're in the partner program, you're assigned a manager, someone who works at YouTube. Oh, so an actual person. An actual person. Yeah. I've talked with this guy, met him in person. He came down to Miami when I was living down there, and we hung out, had a drink and everything. But he left YouTube about uh, four months ago or something, like or four months before this whole thing happened. So they removed me from the partner program, and 
that removes all of your communication with YouTube as well. So you can't even call anyone to fix it. Jesus. I can't email them. I can't live chat. I was just completely left out in the dark. And then really long story short, what I ended up doing was the gun videos were obviously called Sunday Gun Day. I posted them every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. And I moved them to a channel of its own called Sunday Gun Day. And, and now I'm uploading over there. That channel. So it's two channels. So you have yeah. Tao and Sai, which is your stuff and things. Yep. And now they forced you to have, do you even not put your name on it so they don't like demonetize the other one? Is it just <laughs> so gun, Sunday Gun Day I, now? I called it, yeah, it's just Sunday Gun Day. I called it Sunday Gun Day hosted by Tao and Sai. So like making me <laughs> seem like a host of a show that. Make, it, make up a, a new name. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that and that that seems to be working. Yeah. So that channel is completely demonetized. Can't make money on that. So However, how'd you get your other one back making money? So I Jesus, are you calling mom? You're like, oh god, I'm gonna have to move back <laughs> home. I gotta find a job. Yeah, I was like, I, that's what I thought of. And yeah, the second I, was, I started oh. thinking about going back to working in IT, I it like made me sick. I'm like, I'm not doing. That <laughs> I again. have to fix this. It's yeah. a mission. Yeah. So move the gun stuff. I got the main channel remonetized, and that's back working now how did you accomplish that lots of trial and error so oh so you did it blind no shit yeah. you, you just kept removing gun stuff and kept I, trying new things and then they put you back in the program yep so about a little less than a fifth of all of my videos so like one in every five roughly out of 500 videos were gun related i removed all of them in one swoop one day in october and the channel lost a total of 20, 26.5 million views <laughs> in the snap of a finger. Oh, shit. <laughs> and like numbers like that, like it's crazy to think about, but it, it was the best thing to do. So Holy just completely God. like sanitize the channel, re-uploaded all of those videos to the new channel now, and now I'm putting new content over there as well. Yeah. Um, but out of everything that I could do, that was the only thing, like doing something blind like that, that was the only sensible thing to do because. Yeah. Well, uh, man, I, I applaud you. That's scary and seems like a ton of work. Yeah. Well, well, how long did you go without getting paid? Um, four and a half months. Oh Jesus. So I, I only Sweating got remonetized recently. <laughs> Um, yeah. Luckily, I, I work with a lot of really cool companies who have affiliate programs, and um, occasionally I'll pick up a video sponsor, which doesn't happen very often, but they'll, companies will pay for a 60-second ad spot, like, hey, here's Monster Energy, blah, 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 and they'll pay me, but oh. that doesn't happen very often. Oh, that's cool. Well, okay, well, thank you. I have a much better understanding of all this now. Yeah. So, well, I'm surprised they haven't just shut down gun videos. Yeah, and that's another reason why I'm, I was being reactive with starting the new channel, but now I'm looking at it as being proactive for in the future, if they say, hey, no more gun stuff at all, they'll remove that channel, delete it or whatever, but I'll still have my main channel, which is what I truly enjoy doing. Like, I love yeah. guns. I love making gun videos. Um, yeah. The community is pretty cool, but first and foremost, I love making videos and just putting out like entertaining stuff well that, that's so cool because what, what is that that you that you brought into the house that we're charged it's called a one wheel yeah uh, so i do 
on my main channel, I'm probably one of the biggest electric skateboard reviewers. I'm um, so excited about <laughs> this, actually. So the one wheel is one of my favorites. We definitely got to ride it around. Um, but yeah, I I do a lot of that stuff as well. And skiing, um, I mean, that's... Yeah, the ski video, I watched that one just from you, you uploaded a couple days ago. That was awesome. Yeah. What, what are those little skis that you ski on? They're What's called that? ski boards. Ski boards. Yeah, it's a sport that was like popular in the early 90s it was in the x games before freestyle skiing actually was and that obviously took over so kind of a dying so sport, it was popular when you were born yeah <laughs> like the yeah. the really good guys were riding when i was born yeah 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 I, I don't i don't know that i'd ever seen that until you even uploaded yeah it's, video it's not very popular so if, if you search skiboarding on youtube like i populate close to like probably 75 to 80 percent of all the videos <laughs> because i'm the only one making videos yeah. on stuff like that but, but electric skateboards mm -hmm. man that's cool because yeah you showed me that picture of all the ones that that you had tested and stuff and mm -hmm. man i want one of those boosted boards or whatever is uh I want one this summer for riding around the beach and stuff here. Yeah, yeah I was telling you the Liam Pace, the pro skater that we sponsor. He, I, I don't know if he's, I guess he's sponsored by them or something because he was posting videos a while back before he broke his leg. Uh, not on a boosted board, by the way, but uh, <laughs> just because he's an insane skateboarder that takes many risks. But um, yeah, so so he and Andy McDonald were just ripping it up on Instagram posting videos with him and I got an electric skateboard like uh, my kid's mom gave me one for Christmas probably 15 years ago but it sucked it was I mean, big and heavy years ago, and, they were like oh, brand new it was, yeah it was terrible so it was brand new and I was so excited I got it for Christmas and I probably rode it like three times it was big and heavy and slow and the battery lasted like 10 minutes yeah it was and it, it was a turd and it was probably a thousand dollars then mm -hmm. but now I see them they freaking fast I mean Liam kick flipped the boosted board yeah and Andy McDonald's doing like 540s on it on a vert ramp the technology in them like it's cool being someone who reviews them like that's one thing that I actually do like dedicated product reviews of yeah. and it's crazy how much the technology changes even year to year a lot of these boards are coming out of China which is where they have yeah uh, more manufacturing power and stuff like that um, but there are some other like really niche boards I got one out of a company from Australia and the thing does 31 miles per hour that's so terrifying which is terrifying on a skateboard yeah, people like don't it understand. is crazy I've been skating my whole life like <laughs> if you've never been on a skateboard you think oh it's not that fast when you're in your car when you're standing that on is something fast. <laughs> with wheels on the bottom yeah ah uh, it's it yeah it's very scary um yeah I don't give a shit about going 31 miles an hour but I yeah. do want one well I was shocked you said that one wheel there's uh what would you say 18 mile range or yeah something on the it? one that I have inside charging it has 18 miles of range it's the XR so it's the extended range the extended battery um and I've taken it a full 18 miles before do you know how much they cost yeah the so the XR that's like their top of the line most expensive yeah. one um I, I believe MSRP is like eighteen hundred. Okay, I was thinking that they were probably at least fifteen hundred. Yeah, since I'll... they're good now. But yeah, you know, it's the thing. People be like, oh, it's too expensive. But if you spend six hundred and it sucks and you never use it, I would yeah. rather spend fifteen and love it. And I was telling you that a kid that my son skates with, his dad, well, he got one for Christmas, and I saw his dad at the park picking him up, and uh, 
I was like, oh, you know, you got Cody the one. I said, yeah. He's like, it's the greatest Christmas gift ever. He goes, I use it all the time. Yeah. You know, and he's a 200-pound man. Yep. And he's like, man, I can go. I think he said it was a little. So they might have a lower version of yours. But it was like 12 to 15 miles. And I was mm-hmm. I was shocked. I thought that you, you would only be able to go like one mile. So now this thing is actually fucking useful. Yeah. Especially like in the van. I'm traveling around in a van right now. And I use it as, I mean, it very much is a last-mile vehicle. So if I park anywhere near a town or if i need to run out yeah. and get groceries or something i can hop on that and take it really it's it's like a motorcycle basically but it's yeah small. but you can carry with you. yeah you can carry it i can charge it in the van like i can it, it's super convenient all right well we're gonna try it in a few minutes see if maybe do a video see if i break an arm or something yeah um <laughs> all right well, well what okay so you're doing that you stop doing it stuff mm-hmm. you're able to make a living doing youtube yep. which is awesome and i applaud you because i know lots of people like, they would think I'm just into guns, maybe. But, uh, you know, I'm like you. Like, I love guns. But, you know, I don't shoot every day, but I skateboard every day. Mm-hmm. Like, I love motocross. Like, yeah. you know, you see we got the trample. Like, I like doing everything. So, so I love all the other interests and things that are kind of connected. For sure. Um, but, yeah, I think a lot of people, you know, you like being outdoors. You do whatever is fun. Especially... I think my age, I'm probably the oldest where the X Games was really fucking awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, I remember when it started and everything. Yeah. So that they started recognizing, again, skateboarding, but then too, unfortunately, inline and rollerblading was in the first. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it still is. No, it's not. It's not anymore. Uh, but, um, you know, and I raced BMX as a kid, and I've always had dirt bikes and street bikes, and I wakeboard and I snowboard. Like, yeah. I just, any fucking thing that is, I mean, I'm kind of a, a, a big puss, though, so I would be better <laughs> at lots of things, but I love all the things, and I think it's probably boys in general. Well, we uh, The death rate's higher at every age, I guess, but yeah. where I want it to be dangerous, and I'm not as tough as most of my buddies where they'll go like the little extra mile than me. Like I'm willing to break an arm, but I don't want to like die. Yeah. So <laughs> it governs a lot of the stuff. I, do. Well, I say that, but you know, I want to die with the sharks now. And that's like, that, that might be a thing where <laughs> but that's my kid was telling me, he's like, I'm not doing that with you. I'm like, Oh, you know, it'll be fine. Like whatever. Yeah. And I was like, well, for him, then if he's scared, I don't want him to do it. But he's, like, afraid that I'm going to, like, get eaten by a great white. Or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, I don't know. What a cool way to die, though. Not that I have, like, some death wish. It's a cool way to go out, for like sure. Kevin Brittingham died yesterday, eaten by a great white. Like Better than a car wreck. Or... <laughs> yeah. When I was a kid, like, I dreamed of being a pirate. Like, that's what I wanted. So yeah. I'm like, this, this seems great. Um, Speaking of, like, anyway. the X Games and stuff, though, yeah. if you look at the progression from when you well like if you remember when the it first, first started year, I remember the first year if you look at the progression and even in year increments like the stuff that people are doing now is so insane in oh. this, this like snow side of the x games but then even skateboarding like this i mean this was what f- 10 years ago now when danny way jumped over the great wall of china yeah, I'm sure maybe you've seen even that. more than 10 yeah but like that, that is will... so crazy to like wrap your head around like how far skateboarding oh. has come in just a short amount of time like that it, it, i mean you know and it's only skateboarding's only like 50 years old total but you know it's died two or three times yeah. and so it's in it's like real resurgence now where i anticipate it'll probably stay around yeah um because you know skateboarding shut down in the 70s and then again in the 80s and um you, you know and it was dead for a very long time and 
now it's kind of come back. But I tell you, I always followed skateboarding, mm -hmm. so that wasn't. I mean, it's mind blowing. But I've always like been very passionate about skateboarding. But where I noticed a difference, and this is probably related to maybe not YouTube, but the videos being available in everything where kids are getting better at everything mm -hmm. but i was wondering this this is where so i've always i've snowboarded too since it's come out and um i'm not good but i've always done it mm -hmm. but i i'm not passionate about it i, I just do it because it's fun and i probably actually like skiing better than snowboarding but you know my son my kids snowboard and shit so i snowboard um anyhow uh I didn't follow it, so but I did skateboarding. So everything that happened in skateboarding, when Mike McGill, you know, when he does the McTwist, like every new thing, I knew it happened. Yeah. But I didn't follow snowboarding. But during the X Games, like the winter ones, mm -hmm. Sean White is where I fucking gave up because he went so next level. Yeah. And I didn't watch it on like a daily or weekly basis. And we had like one X Games, and then it's like the next year, Sean White is doing like the most ridiculous now i can't tell a difference in any of the runs so i don't even watch it it's like so insane yeah one thing i like about skateboarding is like i'm never gonna do that but i could if i really probably you know i see like an awesome trick and it's like if i really dedicated myself i could do most of it if that mm -hmm. like snowboarding i'm like there's no like i don't even get what's going on anymore yeah it, it progressed to a point especially freestyle skiing it got to a point now where like people are people like dub the term future spins where they're just hucking like doubles double flips and double corks only became a thing in snowboarding and any kind of sport really in the past maybe five to ten years but now people are doing triples and quads and when it's they're just seven like, years old <laughs> they're spinning more they're flipping more the technology and the machines to build jumps are getting bigger and it's just like Dude, where will, does it stop i always <laughs> love motocross and when like metal militia and travis pastrana and those guys started doing stuff like i remember travis pastrana like the first backflip and then the first double was, wasn't that long ago and then it's like he's doing like 360 double backflips like <laughs> it, it, it's so insane but when i saw a guy from i forget who it was he may have been an australian guy but the first guy i saw jump over a house on a motorcycle <laughs> and i'm like oh my god the balls that, that has to take and like i i love it because i could never do that like i could never play in the nba or major league baseball or anything but like you and I can go out there and play these sports right now. It's no right. big deal. But I'm never fucking jumping over my house on a motor. <laughs> no. You know, it's like, how, like, what kind of person and what kind of balls does it take to be like, you know, I'm going to do this and we're going to calculate it, but I have no way of knowing until I do it. And if we mess up, I'm going to die. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's nuts. So, anyway, but you know, what I was going to say was, well, where with YouTube, what's so cool is, my son can learn anything he wants now all the time, just like watching YouTube. And I think about when I was a kid and had Thrasher Magazine and Trans World Skate Magazine, and it was so hard for us to progress because you look at the magazine, and it's a still image of a guy doing a trick. Mm -hmm. And it's well, like... have like a sequence. I, I remember looking through all that stuff. Yeah, and then sequences. But it's like you see the cover of Thrasher, and it's always insane. You're like, how in the hell did he do that? Right. And now it's like you can learn... How to do anything on YouTube? Mm -hmm. Like you were telling my my son doing the fingerboarding stuff. You're like, how do you follow that? It's like, uh, you know what Aiden did me told me, and then he uh, had me watch this three minute video over and over of this like 12 year old girl that teaches people how to do fingerboard tricks yeah. on uh, on YouTube. And I watched it, 
for like you know two hours and then i learned to do one yeah and i mean that youtube has opened such a big i mean youtube is the largest search engine because it's owned by google like if if you want to learn to do anything you want to learn how to change the fog light in your truck i know it's what i was gonna say and interrupt you was it's the largest online instruction manual yeah and it it's it's crazy because there's billions of hours uploaded like every day and it just yeah it's so cool to me um you know you can learn that's where you know i met ivan um so kit badger who you and i were talking about earlier and I, his approach, you know, he does different things than you and doesn't have access to some of the stuff that you do probably. But I loved his videos because he did he does, like, a wider variety than just gun stuff. Mm-hmm. And he also has a great eye, like I think you do. And, um, you know, and he lives in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, so he takes the, goes to the effort to go up in the mountains and film his videos yeah, where it's, like, the most that. breathtaking scenery you can have. But, um, you know, his content was not all guns, and that was interesting to me and that's you know how it kind of happened with me i think and this could be a total lie but i think it's true um we wanted to i saw his videos somehow and really liked them compared to because he told you i wasn't watching youtube Mm -hmm. compared to like the gun videos that i've seen because i never watched gun videos Mm -hmm. and and since uh and i showed you carnicon so if you guys have never seen it look up carnicon dugan (laughs) ashley since he retired, oh my God, his videos are the greatest gun videos ever. And you'll understand, excuse me, when you see these videos that he added comedy to it and he was great at editing, he wrote music for them, mm-hmm. I mean, the rap and the AK video, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's so hilarious. Yeah, that, um, that was all new to me. I, I've never heard of that before last night. Yeah, and, and that was so cool. But anyway, I needed to, I wanted to do video instructions for like the fixed rifle was my first thing because it's so different that, um, you know, and I think Prince dying in a lot of ways, and, and I love print, but I know I'm just old. Um, and so I wanted to do videos. And, you know, the way we did it at SIG or at Remington was we hire a video crew. They come in, they know nothing about guns. They can video and edit and do all this shit. But you got to sit there with them, coach them through everything. And then it looks manufactured like that. And I've always loved the idea. And so, anyway, we are thinking about doing that. And I was like, well, why don't we just get, you know, this guy Ivan, see if he'll come and it'll be content for him. So it'll help his channel because he was just starting out. And we can, you know, so he can have all that. And then we can have instruction manuals. Yeah. And um, that's what got me going. And then, you know, and I was into blogs. uh, So trying to understand, like, where as a company when we started where we wanted to spend advertising marketing money and now as you and i were discussing we've been in a fortunate situation where we don't spend any and i don't have to pay for it and that's wonderful but um recoil magazine bliss they've all been good to us Mm -hmm. but you know um for it's weird if they write something about us it's true because i don't buy ads from them Mm -hmm. but you know when they write about a sig or a daniel defense like how do you trust it because they're giving them thousands and thousands of dollars every right. month and so i think that's where mac from military arms channel like some of his he prides philosophy. himself on that stuff for sure yeah yeah and um I mean, we'll see if he gets demonetized how if he's able to continue to do it he, and stuff. his channel and i think a lot of other people's t- i mean gun related stuff anyway i think a lot of people are choosing to just not even turn on monetization so they don't even worry about that stuff that way 
they, can, they get paid ads from yeah a lot of people oh. will push like affiliate links and stuff like that like at which it, oh you can do it however you you like i personally don't like pushing products like that so yeah every once in a while i'll put like a swipe up link to a product that i like or something like that but um a lot of people are making money that way and i think it's good i, I mean look everybody's got to make a living but sure. for me i would never care if it was something that if i like your content enough to watch a five or 10 or 15 minute video mm -hmm. and I like the video I like what you're reviewing and you recommend another product I would always go look at that now if it's just like mm -hmm. a paid ad for some random tax filing online shit no right, right but if it's something that you've used like I want people who I respect and they've got experience in other things to recommend me products yeah um, so, so I enjoy that but there is a fine line and I think people can always see when it's contrived and I don't like, uh, but you know, anyway, I was seeing printed ad advertising. Well, it's just too phony for me now. Yeah. And you know, with the big companies kind of owning the magazines mm -hmm. and they'll dictate the articles and you know, and the writers get free guns and all that crap. Mm -hmm. You know, I just don't do that stuff. So somebody writes something good about us, it's not because we bought an ad from them. But I, so, so I started getting away from printed ads, magazines, and I liked the blogs. But now the blogs are kind of dying, and they kind of turned in very commercial and ads all over the yep. thing, and you got to pay. And, and so it, then it's like, um, you know, it's like Fox News and these news channels. It's 24-hour news where, you know, like on Fox News a few weeks ago, it made headline news with Fox News that Donald Trump Jr. got – uh, uh, a tag to hunt bear on Kodiak. And like, what? Why the fuck is that news? Yeah, why is that news? <laughs> and so that's cool. Yeah. So <laughs> were I got, they saying it like a, it was a bad thing? No, or? they just putting the information out okay. there. Okay, and mean, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but why in the world is it news? <laughs> yeah. And um, I'd rather see that in the headline rather than all the shit that's going on right now. Honestly. <laughs> oh well, yeah, but still, it's <laughs> like why don't they just? I don't know. It's like Do there has to be else. better news. Yeah. But I started seeing gun blogs be that way where it's like, oh, you know, I one thing I don't like is when everybody adheres to the algorithm and you've got to post at 6 a.m. and 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. And like for and from and I am granted as accused, very unprofessional in many ways, but I love marketing very much. And I just think for my company and all, like, uh, there's certain things you have to do, but otherwise it should be spontaneous and organic. And, you know, oh, my God, I, I don't want to bore people with my Instagram post being like, oh, God, it's 9 a.m. I've got to post something. Let me yeah. find a picture to post. Yep. It's like when I think of something that's interesting or that's happening or a good picture when I feel. And I think people relate to that better. But 100%. I think that's now led me to so this long story getting longer is where now YouTube I didn't think this way six months ago, but now it is what I value as marketing and where I want to focus all of, you know, our small efforts and what, and I, hopefully that means that's kind of where the future is. Yeah. What's cool about it is like you mentioned, when you compare someone like myself, YouTuber to like traditional media, whether it's print or even like the blogs, even say i don't even know if they do this but say recoil on their website they i'm sure they post videos like a lot of that Man, stuff yes. seems yeah. commercial and it's because it is whereas someone like me on youtube it's start to finish 
me. I'm investing time, money, and research into products. I'm filming everything myself. Yeah. I'm editing everything myself. And granted, there are some channels out there who have like a production team and yeah. they have a little more support. However, the actual content that's being generated for the most part is super authentic and that is good for companies like yourself or any company. Yeah. Because if I... People consume everything that I post. Like, I'm vlogging, I'm doing, like, daily life type of stuff. Yeah. So the people get to know me. Like, when they mm -hmm. meet me in person, they feel like I'm a friend of theirs. Yeah, it's interesting, and it's also kind of creepy sometimes. It is. However, it's good because then when I recommend them something, I'm like, hey, this, this can koozie keeps my drink really cold. It's not, yeah. That is... To them like hearing it from a friend of them yeah like they know so much about me they're like okay well yeah. this guy I, he recommends it so i understand it the psychology and then i tell you this is what i find all the time like i was just on a couple of trips just got back right before you got here and um i was on a hunt and met some guys there i'd never met and they were excited to, to meet me because they're super into guns and but it was funny so by the end of the first night they're like man it's so good to meet you know man you know it's good to meet you guys too and i loved all this stuff you know advanced armament been following you since back then and I'm, you know and that's like humbling and to me it's like embarrassing too it's like i get it like you're super into guns and they're like but i love when this happens they're like man we were nervous like we thought you were like the biggest fucking asshole <laughs> and and you know and then i'm like it's funny that people would form an opinion because i see with you you put a lot of your daily life out there mm -hmm. like unless you follow my personal like instagram page like to me my work is my work and I, and I do it because I love it and I'm passionate about it but I'm super passionate so that's one part of my personality and one part of my life and you know the rest of it isn't like they thought man like we love when you do the Instagram questions and like you seem like such an asshole but like you're direct and you're honest and you answer <laughs> yeah. everyone we just thought like you are not gonna be fun and it's like most of my life I care about things being fun or funny but I guess it like doesn't come across that way a lot of times with my work because yeah. I get real fucking serious about that. <laughs> I, I mean, I even get people who not necessarily think I'm an asshole, but people tend to not like me just based off of opinions that I'm giving on things. And they'll hate me for whatever reason it might be, but then they're leaving all these hate comments. I'm like, hey, man, have you ever like talked to me in person? Because I am... I'm pretty similar in videos as I am in real life, but like, unless you've actually sat so down far, and had yeah. a conversation with someone, it it just. Well, I I mean, listen, you're also I, I don't know maybe it's saying you're kind of dumb. It's like if you're gonna <laughs> respond to anonymous assholes, yeah, on the and I don't. I I block so many people. I like, don't give a shit. I, I love you know. I mean, the the part that sucks is you know for me like they'll mess with my kids and stuff, which is that's crossing like, the line yeah but then you come to find out it's like all of those kinds of people are people who haven't lived lives they're mm -hmm. you know whatever 16 to 22 like know everything heard from a friend that heard from a friend that heard from a friend that i did this this one time right it's like shut up you idiot i, I honestly have i feel like compassion for some of those people because like the f there must be something going on in their lives that is really bothering them that they took the time out of the day their day to like comment some negative shit on a video and like like what like sorry I, I think whatever is hurting you I, man but. yeah <laughs> well i think it's sad but then i also think it's funny because 
you know, and, and within an industry, like as you get more popular, you'll get jealousy from other people that are trying to do what oh you do. Oh my God, do. yeah, all the time. So, you know, and that happens with us too. Like when I say we have a year backlog on the guns, like it's not an exaggeration. That's probably under us, but I'm hopeful because we continue to ramp production. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's partially bragging and it's partially like, well, people will say, you know, I'm unprofessional or I should do this or I should do that. And it's like, what's your back order? Like, you know, right. <laughs> where are you compared to what'd you do last year compared to your projections? What was your growth rate? Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I appreciate it, but you, you know, but I get to live in there and, and what was that? That my, my, uh, the fellow I was telling you thought I was such an asshole. He's like, you live in so many people's head because he follows all the stuff online. You live in everybody's head rent free in the industry. Yeah. And it's like, they're spending their time like going after me rather than designing or developing product or doing something useful. And I think that's a big difference. Like I hate to lose. I'm very competitive, which is relatively common, but you know, I will sacrifice and I will put the effort in and to win. And it's not like I'm not doing Q um, because I need a job. It's actually a real pain in the ass. Like your situation, I'm envious in some ways. And what even caution you against if your channel continues to grow, like what's made you popular? Because once you start hiring people, then you're a slave. Mm-hmm. Because, oh my God, we've got to do this because I've got, you know, like John's got, he's getting married and he's got a paycheck and he needs the money for the wedding and, right. you know, like, whatever Tori needs you know she's buying a new house and needs to get her like you you just become a slave to these sort of things Mm -hmm. so it's like a a huge freedom in what you do being the only guy and so like comparing it to other companies because I feel with myself uh, with our company as small as it is I mean you know we're four years old and half the size of Daniel Defense, you know? And, it, it's it, it's crazy and, when you say that you're four years old because it, it's like, yeah. it's incredible. Four years old, half the size of Daniel Defense in dollars, and uh, we're in, they're 300,000 square feet and we're 11,000. And you would be, <laughs> you would be even bigger if you had the manpower to keep the product on shelves, which is. Oh, I mean, it is a weird thing. Like we have no idea what we can sell because like it's, people are like, you know, they just don't produce anything. Well, that's funny. Cause I know like well, it's delivered this morning. You probably walked past it when you came in, like my K1 sitting in there, it says how much money I made last year. And it's like, well, yeah, we could. I could make more money. We're going to grow the company. We're in the process of doing it now to focus on production. So over the next couple of years, um, you know, I'll be the chief uh, innovation officer and the chief marketing officer. Um, I, I don't need to be involved in the company on a daily basis because we're focusing on production so hard mm-hmm. to meet that demand. But it's funny when we have these, when I talk, you know, like I'm the chairman of the board and when I talk to the board members and stuff and to the company, or, you know, I deal with Silencer Shop, which is a huge silencer distributor, or RSR, who's a big gun distributor. And it's all the same story. It's like you're in the most demand of any company, and we have no idea what we can sell of your product. Because yeah. as we ramped last year and we grew 50%, their back order, as they shipped 50% more product, grew at an exponential rate. 
So like we have no idea. And you know, what I know, what I think is most gun stores still don't even know who we are. They get a product in, it doesn't sit on the shelf. Like at, uh, at one of our distributors, the average for a gun to sit on the shelf there is like 21 days, like a rifle. Oh my God, if you get a honey badger in, it's gone before it even gets there. Four minutes. Four minutes. So, so <laughs> when you start, when, so, so they're crazy. like, we have no clue how many we could sell. But we know this, we will buy every single gun you produce this year. And I'm like, well, that's cool, but is that what I want to do? And then it's also like, well, it's stupid for me to have distribution right now because I give up millions of dollars a year. But long term, eventually that kind of balances out, yeah. probably. And we need distribution because I don't like spend any money on marketing. And my long term goal is to grow the company without sacrificing quality, which is very very difficult to do mm -hmm. and so we have to ramp responsibly and so, and we can't overdo it because you know if i build too big of a monster to feed and i employ 300 people then your choices are to make shit that you don't believe in or lay people off you know you can't keep the quality up and so we've got to look really slow roll this yeah that makes sense i mean it, all of your products are very much completely custom rifles still hand fit like well tested by well the, yeah the nothing engineers. is hand fitted but they're yes they're they're i'm saying there's like hands on it's not oh, just a production gun no. that just rolls off a line so yeah it's it's yeah i mean i, just, I, I said that. it recently but it was just within the last few months we hired assembly people mm -hmm. and the engineers have started handing that off and that's a slow roll too mm -hmm. and they'll build production fixtures long term and they're getting them up to speed on everything and up until a few months ago if you bought a q gun it was assembled and test fired and shot for accuracy by an engineer the guys who designed the gun yeah and so yeah. that's not sustainable long term but i did want it to be the first two or three years even though it would cost me a fortune mm -hmm. and it's not you know when we had 11 people we had more engineers than daniel defense did <laughs> so if that puts things in perspective yeah that's, so that's why you have a killer product it's one yeah it is why it's good and it's why our stuff is ex relatively expensive it's like i said in a previous podcast like fucking magic ain't free man yeah it's like <laughs> you gotta pay for it yeah and uh yeah so, so um i don't know what that tangent was all about but you know for me it's so now <clears throat> i fortunately realize we never have to do shot show or not in the foreseeable future yeah. which i love because i did it good. for 20 years and so how do I want to, as we grow, introduce new product? And like right now, and it'll probably be this year in the fall or late summer, is have an event at a ranch in Texas. And it's just going to be, uh, I'm going to say YouTubers. So we can call them video or content creators, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. And um, invite a select handful and show the new product and that's how we're going to introduce stuff from that, now that's on. a really good way to do it for sure like we i mean we did talk about this before but yeah. that that means way more to well first of all you're getting way more eyes on it than like print and traditional media would get yeah and then you're also getting that authentic value from real people who a lot of people look up to and respect their opinions on yeah. being authentic with the new product like that to me and I'm very biased because yeah. I am one of these people, As but you should be. it's, <laughs> it's, I think it's the thing to do for sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's like, and every company is going to be different. And I understand, like, I don't really understand, I guess I understand like Marty Daniel sponsoring a NASCAR. 
I mean, not really, but like whatever you think your demographic is. And like, I look at what I want it to be, you know, it's, it, it's like, well, if it's cool to my kids, then I'm doing something cool. Like that's yeah. really, you know, like if my, my son's not super into shooting right now, but if he, if he were, because, you know, now that we've moved to New Hampshire, we don't have a, um, a ranch here or anything, so we don't shoot much. Right. And But if we were, we went to the gun store yesterday, like, he would have gotten a gun. He would have been the one to pick it out. Because, you know, me being a dad and, like, loving my kid and, like, wanting him to think I'm cool and, like, he's been around it. Yesterday, I even asked him, I was like, is there anything you want? And he's like, no, I'm good. We're not really shooting much right now. But that that's what would drive me. And, you know, so what's yeah. he influenced by? He's in there. He's, oh, he's playing Call of Duty right now. And then he watches YouTube. Yep. And that that's super cool to me, kind of off topic, but, like, how you as a father, I, I would assume your son would like shooting and be really into guns, but he's into skateboarding and a lot of other things, and that's just, like, you being dad, like, cool. Like, I'm going to support you. We're going to build a skate park. Like, that yeah. to me is really cool that you can, like, being who you are in the firearms industry – and just like being dad on your own separate oh like playing field yeah i mean i think you know it's a weird thing my dad was kind of in and out of my life when i was young and didn't participate in anything um and you know and like that's okay but seeing the dads where it's like lots of pressure for sports or Right. Like, I would never name a kid after me and stuff like that. I, I, I don't really know even how to verbalize this, but I, I mean, I think it's probably what most people would think. I hope that my kids are better than me in most ways, and I hope that they learn from me both the things that I do right and the things I do wrong. But most importantly, like, I want my kids to lead their lives. Like, my father, mm -hmm. when he found out what I was doing for a living, the first time he looked at one of the guns is like, that's designed to kill people. And like, was a dick to me and walked off. Yeah. And so like, and that's okay, but if I had done what he wanted, I would fucking be miserable. So yeah. for me to think I'm so brilliant, I can dictate to my kids and not the idea of, oh, I want you to have a happy life. Like I want them to be successful, meaning, you know, to say a happy life. Like I think that's kind of generic and impossible. Yeah, everyone's um, version of happy is different. Yeah, follow your passion. And like, yeah. so he went through a few years where he didn't think we should kill animals. And he understands conservation. You know, he was just young and, you know, the shit they teach him at school or whatever. And he's like, and, and not that I shouldn't do it, but he didn't want to kill. And, and it's like, I think that was cool. just part of his emotional growth and process. Yeah. And then, you're, you it's know. It's not, it's not like you're like, we're going hunting. You're going to kill this deer. Like, no, he killed a deer <laughs> when he was seven and he was so excited. And, and he hunted with me for several years. And then probably around 10 or 11, maybe 12, he's like, I don't, you know, let's see probably 12 he didn't want to shoot anymore he didn't yeah. want to shoot more that, animals. that's cool that you let him do whatever you're like yeah cool i don't we don't need to do that care and and yeah. like i've never cared if they were into it but i want them to do something they're passionate about because it's like hey your life's gonna suck sometimes the job's gonna suck but if you're passionate about it you're not gonna feel like you really work and you're gonna struggle through the part that sucks and you're gonna be fine mm -hmm. and you know and, and i want him to be proud of something he does like i don't like, all my kids could work at my company if they want. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not going to force it, and I'm not going to give them a position as they become adults. they got to earn it. But it's like, if I give you guys stuff, you're never going to feel proud of your own account. At least that's how I feel. Yeah. 
And so go do your own thing. Yeah, I just want to be part of their lives. So if he wants to snowboard, that's, that's what we go do if we can. If, if uh, he wants to skate, then that's what we do. And fortunately, I love those things too. Mm-hmm. Um, the, uh, the gun part though, now he's getting into it and told me recently he wants to start hunting again. Cool. Yeah, so and that's great for you. It's yeah, like hell yeah, yeah. Something go. we'll share forever. Yeah. But how how did you get into guns? Uh, I grew up in a very hunter style family. Like we own a ton of mountain land in Pennsylvania, which yeah. is where I film all my videos at. Where yeah. We built a range. Um, so my yeah, there's dad. There's a lot of long range shooting and stuff in Pennsylvania. Yeah, there's there's good some some good places there. So. A lot of my family members, cousins in particular, uh, are really into archery. Mm. So they're shooting whitetail all over the country, like really, really into it. So I grew up, yeah, my dad would hunting. take me shooting. I would go bow hunting, everyone, or not bow hunting, but just archery practice, just like shooting in the backyard. Yeah. And I, I mean, I became interested in guns like most kids, like video games and movies, yeah. like pop culture type of stuff. And then I didn't really start getting into firearms until... I was maybe 18 when I could start purchasing stuff on my own. Yeah. And at that point, I started being more interested in the mechanical aspect of things, mm-hmm. which is why I find your products so interesting because, like, I mean, we talk for hours about, like, every little piece on some of the products. So yeah. I, I really like firearms for what they are stand for second amendment and everything however i really like the engineering aspect and design how things work yeah i I, okay so you got exposed that way Uh, you know which is different for me because my family didn't have guns and stuff so it's like my background was totally different um but i I worked in a a gun store when i was my son's age it's funny because i encourage him and um like it's probably not because I see how my employees treat me mm-hmm. and I don't always know and you know what's going on and of course you know I'm the owner so they everybody is very kind to me but I'm always suspicious of that and then I worry like how they'll treat him because I don't want him getting a pass like if he works for me so my son if he works for me they're going to give him a pass on everything I think so it's son, like yeah. you can work there but you need to get a job that's your own and so he works at our local surf and skate shop it's been awesome he's got a great mentor there um, and, and that's great, but it's interesting. Like your exposure, you grew up with it, and mm-hmm. and I didn't. And I just I went to work at a a gun store and gun shop. How, how did that come about? Like you you were just like kind of interested in guns for whatever reason. You're like I'm just gonna go apply at this gun shop. Yeah. How, so, how does that come about? Yeah. Well, I think the way it happened. I think my um, so my parents were separated most of like my formative years. And my dad would kind of come in and out of our life. And um, and I was getting, so in, in my, like, probably about my son's age, my dad was going to come back home. So 16, probably. And I hated him. And and he was anti-gun. And he wanted to do stuff with me. You know, it was like sucking up to my mom is the way I felt at the right, time. Which right. is probably true. Who, who knows? But, um... But I hated him. Like, I just could not stand him. You know, I was also at that age, and, you know, you think you know everything, and you're a stupid kid. Yeah. So, um, 
I think what happened was he wanted to do something with me, and like he had never done things with me my entire life. So like I weird. played all three sports, I did everything. He never thrown a ball with me. So it, it's weird when he approaches you. And yeah, and, and like I wouldn't even speak to him. So my mother says he's willing to do anything, and I'm like, "You're such an idiot, mom. Why do you fall for this all the time? He's a bastard." And uh, you know, and now it's like I'm cool with him. Like you see, I like I use him in some of the marketing and stuff. But we didn't have a conventional relationship. But he wanted to do stuff with me, and so I'm like, I want to learn to shoot guns. And I think that's what happened, and we started going to the range, and, and he bought Even though like he a, was, like, anti-gun. Yeah, and he, <laughs> so to his credit, like, love of my mother or change of heart or whatever, what the hell ever, um, we went to Bullseye Indoor Range and Gun Shop outside of Atlanta, and um, uh, I think he bought a 22 pistol from, like, someone at work, like he worked at General Motors in the okay. factory. And I think it was a Ruger Mark One, and uh, went and I learned to shoot a pistol. Cool. I think was the the way it happened, and so then I started going there, and so then like I just I liked guns and um, kind of got into it. it. Was fascinating. You think this is like during the time when like Arnold Schwarzenegger movies were very popular? Yeah, well. <laughs> You're watching Terminator. Yeah, like, so cool. like the MP5 and yeah. the M16. And, you know, like, I didn't even like G.I. Joe and stuff when I was a kid. Like, I had no interest in any of that. Yeah. And this just happened, and it may have only happened out of me resenting my father. And then, I don't know, even with my work, like, I always thought advanced armament would be a part-time thing, mm -hmm. and I was going to be an attorney. And um, But it would pay for, like, my guns and, like, you know, like money for a boat or whatever. And I... Um, but had he not been such a son of a bitch to me about it, I may not have been, like, inspired to, to do really kick ass at it. Yeah. Because I, I tell you, it's a saddest when you got a – I mean, my dad's a decent man. He, you know, everybody's got their own struggles. But um, the most satisfying thing ever was probably when he had to – I mean, from my standpoint, from a selfish, like – asshole standpoint when I bought my parents a house and That's he didn't good. have to accept it but they did and him he never said anything but me knowing you know my company that you thought was terrible and I shouldn't do just bought you a house yeah you know? like, that, it's pretty that's good. super cool it's like yeah yeah so it's gotta be a good feeling yeah and I think you know but my dad to his credit and I think like a lot of people was just ignorant like, he's not yeah. stupid. Yep. So once he was exposed and understood, like, okay. I mean, in his mind, it was probably like Columbine or, you know, like, that. I don't yeah. know where his brain went. Yep. But um, it's like, oh. And, and, and I've learned with my own kids because, you know, there's kids at the house all the time, and especially when we were living in Georgia and we had the ranch, there's guns everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, and I knew my kids were always going to be exposed to guns and whether they're into it or not, like it's something you're going to learn to do. You, you got to learn. I mean, obviously the safety and everything. Yeah, because the it. safety. And so for them, I even thought, well, you, I, I wouldn't have forced them if they were crying. Then none of them cared and they all hunt with me and they're all fine with it. Mm -hmm. But I, I sort of demanded it with their mother at the time because I'm like, look, we can take them to the range and shoot. And I don't care if they ever hunt, but they need to go with me where we kill some stuff so they understand like they're children like we're adults we think of it one way but i want them to connect the dot you shoot something it dies yeah you gotta you gotta do that yeah and, and so then to me that was also part of gun safety 
which I think was something that I did right with them. And, you know, what happened then was I, we could have guns, you know, um, near the back door in case there were, you know, we had like a wild dog problem or whatever up there. If, if you needed to shoot something, there were guns available, mm-hmm. um, which a lot of adults would have an issue with that that I think are ignorant to it. But you bring the kids up around it. My kids have never, ever touched a gun. Once I told them to shoot, once they could, they'd say, hey, Dad, let's go down the range and shoot. Like, okay, let's go do it. And once they were hunting and all, it's never a curiosity. I think it was a very good way to handle it with them. Yeah, I think that is a good way as well. Sure. Yeah. Do you even remember like your first experiences with guns? Uh, you had a family that was into it. I'm trying to think about it now. I probably shot like a little 10.22 or something with my dad, like just real young, teaching me how to shoot. Yeah. And then I remember shooting like the first like more high powered rifle I was shooting. I I think it was that 270 that I was talking about. That oh, first hunting shot story. your deer. Yeah, I, I shot a, a whitetail. I was. 11 or 12 270 how, was. terrifying <laughs> and i remember going to a friend of ours had a, a little range at the time and we were sighting it in and i'm learning proper shooting technique with this gun that it was like it was scaring me because it was like the recoil and i was young i've never shot anything oh, the like, recoil and the blast are terrifying yeah and when, when you're a kid like that was something that i had to get used to um but yeah, it, I I've always kind of grew up around guns, and I I think I became even more interested now that I think about it. I, I was always very much into everyday carry stuff or EDC, mm-hmm. like pocket knives and things that I use on a daily basis because it makes my life easier. Something like yeah. carrying a phone. So, guns, yeah, if you've never carried a pocket knife every day, you have no idea how much you would use it. Yeah, and even yeah. like like a, a flashlight. I used to carry a flashlight for a while. It's like people think you can use the one on your phone, but until you actually have one, like you use it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so firearms relates into that stuff because it's all kind of the same type of culture. It's a tool, yeah. and I enjoy the engineering behind things. I enjoy shooting recreationally. I believe in the second amendment and yeah. security freedom so yeah it's just i don't know it's a part of me now <laughs> yeah I, it, it's interesting when you bring up like the culture and the second amendment because i'll get you know people that'll say you know like i'll get a random comment once a month or dm like you need to do a better job of supporting second amendment you know, like look i ain't got to do anything yeah number dude, one I, I value all of the amendments yeah like constitutional law i think is over it, it, it's overlooked and should be taken more seriously mm-hmm. in our complete society and and yeah like i get i get it but i think some people get into it just because of that yeah and it's like well i enjoy all of number one it provides for my family number two like i love the innovation and stuff Mm -hmm. and like the actual technology of the guns and i love designing product um but of course the second amendment but i'm not so sure like do i devote all my time and energy to that like do, do people like and and i don't know here's a question it's like Okay, let's say that, that we make a million dollars a year as a company. Um, like just for How this, much of that so, do you put towards Second Amendment causes? And is it better for the industry? Is it better for the individual? Is it better for me to spend that on those causes or on innovation? 
Yeah. Or, like, I uh, don't know. Like, people, people often say that to me, too. They'll comment. They're like, oh, all of this stuff that, like, stuff that was going on in Virginia recently. No, like, no, all of this stuff is going on in Virginia, and you're not even going to use your platform to talk about it. Like, what do you even, what do you even do for the Second Amendment? And other people will also kind of rope into that. You, you make a living off of firearms and stuff like that, and, and you're not even going to do anything for the Second Amendment, whatever. So my response to that is, one, I don't make money off of gun videos. If anything, it costs me a ton yes. of money to make. Like, gun videos do nothing for me. It, it doesn't make me money. So I don't make a living because of the firearm industry. Secondly, my videos on firearms have gotten so many people into shooting than any it's Second Amendment rally that you're going point. to. Like, just because I'm not vocal and political about the firearm industry and the Second Amendment, that doesn't mean that I'm not doing my part. Like, yeah. I, I'm getting people on our side. I I'm agree. spreading good information. And I'm spreading the word. Like, yeah, it's a great point. It's like you're getting people interested. And I've made this point. I made it to you last night. It's like when I was a kid working in Bullseye, the only customer was 35 to 55 blue-collar white dude. Mm-hmm. And it's very different now. And I could say maybe I've done a shitload for the Second Amendment. I, I got the honey badger yeah. and was doing technical editing on Call of Duty. And is there a reason, like, every kid from my kid's age to your age knows what the honey badger is? Mm-hmm. And maybe that got him into guns, and that's created tons of money for the yeah. NRA or Pe- Second Amendment causes. People look at it very cut and dry, like black and white, and they think that if you're not posting about it and using your voice, like, they, they think that you're See, anti-gun at that point. I think point. that's it's internet like, bullying. I don't... Because I tell you, when I look at people, if somebody makes a shitty comment or something to me, I generally go look at their profile. And, and you know, most people that are real douches on, like, social media are always private, you know? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. you come on my page where it's public, and then you're a douche, and yours is private, and you're anonymous. Like, yeah. what kind of little bitch are you? If you're going to critique me, like, if uh, say you're going to critique my shooting and how I do things, well, where are your videos? Where are your videos of yeah. you going out and go training and your doing free this time. stuff? Yeah, like... Well, all you do is post memes and these things about the second amendment Dude, I so to me if you're trying pages. to like all that is is like okay it, it's you're in a club with a bunch of people just like you like it's so ignorant because you're it, not going to convince anyone or change your mind because you're all like it's it's an echo chamber yeah and, and it's you're like, preaching to the choir well, by like your audience is already on your side yeah like you don't need to tell exactly those like people it's that the guns same are good thing. it's <laughs> like with my dad my dad, super, like, into guns, pro-gun now, thinks it's super awesome. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, you know, this has been a 30-year <laughs> conversion of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when I did I did all the gun sounds for Saving Private Ryan, and that was the first time he oh, was, like, really? really proud. That's cool, yeah. Yeah, because it was on the news, and he worked at, you know, a factory in Atlanta. And, we you know, we have an unusual last name. So it was on the news, right. like the nightly news, and every, you know, and that was 20 three years ago and everybody saw it That's and so he comes into work the next day like Brittingham is that your son you know and so then he was like very proud you know yeah, because yeah. other people you know which is kind of a stupid thing like I'm his kid he should have been proud in general but right. it was like when other people realized it and thought it was cool then it made him proud but you, you know but you think about like if you're a liberal or you're on the fence with it 
and you're open-minded and smart, which there are a lot of people who are. I mean, I was liberal when I was very young. Like, I was just ignorant. I didn't know better. I hadn't paid taxes. I didn't understand, like, social welfare. <laughs> yeah. I didn't understand how important the Constitution was. You know, it's dumb. Yeah. Um, but if, if all you do is post, like, a, a bunch of reposts of memes and different things about the Second Amendment and, like, it's a social media platform that you can use as an individual, how are you going to convert anyone? Yeah. Like, for me, people, you think, like, right now, um, my son, one of his friends, you know, it's a pretty liberal area here on the seacoast where we are, even though New Hampshire is very conservative. And one of his friends now can't come to my house because their parents found out I own a gun company. It's so ridiculous. And so they're like, people want to murder people like that. So you can't be at his house because, you know, like, who is this secret society of liberal people going around murdering gun <laughs> yeah. company owners? They're afraid of them. And they're I'm not like, going to do that. It, it, you know, the irony was, you know, and, and like, yeah, there's... Like, I, I generally don't carry a gun. There's no guns generally even in the house most of the time. But it, it, it's, yeah, just that degree of ignorance. And so, you know, but what will happen is I'll meet those people and they'll see, you know, oh, he's a dad and into his kids and he's a normal guy and he drinks beer and goes out to eat. And yeah. He invites our kids over for a pool party and he grills burgers for him. Oh, okay. Well, maybe he's not the devil. Yeah. <laughs> and you know that that sort of to me is a is a better way i mean that that's sort of like when people ask me doing like what am i doing for the second amendment a lot of com or a lot of channels like say mac for example good guy but all he does is gun stuff so people who might be on the fence about how they feel about guns they're not even clicking on his videos Yeah, they can't relate to you because there's no other part of your life right so my content on the other hand I put a lot of my personal life on the internet. Yep. People know me. They're coming to my channel to watch electric skateboard stuff. And I've gotten comments like this in the past. They're like, originally I came to your channel to watch reviews on electric skateboards, but like all of this gun stuff, like I, I was never into guns before, but now that I see this, it's, it's kind of interesting. So like that's opening a oh, it door is so to a whole now. new world for people. Yeah, that's so wonderful because I mean, if I look back when I was a kid, and, you know, my parents being pretty liberal about guns and all, I would have thought only, like, freaking wackadoodles had guns. You know, like, I didn't know. We yeah. lived in the city, it's and we ignorance. didn't have guns. You don't and, know, yeah. And I didn't know, and it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, I, I kind of thought the same thing about hunting. And I tell you, um, you know, like, Donald Trump Jr. is a friend of mine, and we hunt together and stuff. And I will get people, anytime there's a picture of us together or anything— people will come out of the woodwork messaging me and it's not like left-wing people that hate trump it's like tell your fucking friend to tell his fucking dad like blah 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 <laughs> so not doing stupid, shit for, and i'm like shut your stupid face and i was thinking about it the other day and so don jr and his brother and his sister are able to make so much money doing public speaking now mm-hmm. no matter how you feel about it that's a reality he donates so much of his time, so much of it, to, you know, he's super into hunting. So most of his stuff kind of lands on that side of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm not saying, like, he's probably pro-Second Amendment more than any person I know. And that's legit. Like, And he, he has a platform where he can do a lot with it as well. Yeah, it, but, you know, and then you also understand, like, the balance that they have to walk because of their family. Mm-hmm. 
And like, I have, like, he doesn't owe me or you anything. Like, he's not an elected official. He doesn't work for us. He's he's just a he's his own fucking person. dude. Yeah. This dad happens to be the president. <laughs> but, you know, he, so lo- he loads over 30 calibers. Like, he hand loads. He and his brother are into, like, long-range shootings. Like, super, super into it their entire lives. And, but when I start talking to people, because a lot of people that are into guns and stuff, they're not necessarily into hunting. Mm-hmm. Well, I've gotten super into hunting the last 10 or 12 years. I'm also really into guns. And, and so, like, I've had to learn about conservation. And, you know, all the conservation's done by hunters, and that's where all the money comes from. Yeah. He donates so much time to speak at Safari Club, to speak, you know, at state organizations about conservation and hunting rights and all that. And, you know, so it's the equal. And, and then he speaks at the NRA and stuff as well, and he donates all that time. You see him so, walking around Shot Show floor, like yes, and, and he doesn't need a free gun from Taurus. <laughs> so, so when you start thinking about these things, and it's like, okay, I don't know, so I'm gonna pull this out of my ass. But if you hire him to speak, if you can now, it's probably a hundred to two hundred fifty thousand dollars for him to speak. Yeah, it sounds- so every week he gives that away so like who gives more to conservation and second amendment you know like like i said he's not a public official he wasn't elected he doesn't he's not in office he's not a government employee he's a normal dude and he gives all of that away and you know and i know by being friends with him the request that he has to go speak at corporate you know like corporate meetings and stuff like that where they'll have a guest speaker and they pay tons of money mm-hmm. or at you know the universities that's a touchy one with them but there are you know like christian colleges and stuff yeah. that'll but you know and that's what he spends his time doing and um, you know and i had to think about it from that way and it was like the last time somebody messaged me and it's like okay how many millions of dollars have you given to conservation like, <laughs> exactly or firearms rights like he does it he does it in a way of time which is great because it attracts so many people to it and so many people follow that family so so many people get so much exposure for all of these speeches yeah um how did you find out about us let me ask you that um I, I, I'm not sure, honestly. I, obviously, the Honey Badger created a buzz on its own. Um, and then I would... People would just ask me. I, I, I might have found out just kind of like passively like that. Like, hey, what do you think about the Honey Badger? And I'm like, I don't know what that is. Like, And then, I mean, this was probably three, four years ago. And then once I looked into it, I realized... I, I was very much ignorant in the fact that never had hands-on with the product. I wasn't sure. I was in the boat, which a lot of people are, which we talked about, of the, oh, that's a really expensive rifle. I can just build a 300 blackout, which is obviously very much not the case. Um, so that, yeah, I was, that's probably how I first found out about your stuff. And then I recently, just recently got a Trash Panda to put on a build. And I mean, I've loved the stuff ever since I've actually had hands-on with it now oh that's that's great well yeah it's one of those things I think with our guns especially you could think that but if you don't take the time to understand the details like when we ran through the honey badger yesterday Mm -hmm. and what makes the gun expensive and worth the money and a great value and you know and then people are getting it like I'm not very effective at getting the message out 
but enough people are getting it to where the more we build, the more the back order grows. And, yeah. you know, we've raised the price a couple times. And now I think we're going to stop doing that because, like, we're fine. But it was an attempt to try to curb some of the, the, the like, the ordering. Yeah. So, like, where's the proper balance? And then it's like, well. You don't want to, like, get real crazy and be like, oh, this is a $5,000 rifle now. Yeah, <laughs> but it's just like the People fix. would still buy it, though. Yeah, they would. <laughs> they and would that's buy what, it. And then, but you talk about creating hate. And I think long yeah. term, it's not best for the company. Yeah, I mean, you're kind of going against probably your own, like, morals at that point. It's like, yeah. I, I could charge crazy prices for this, but you're not that guy luckily thanks thanks for not yeah. being that guy <laughs> well, you're welcome and maybe it's self-serving like i'm just looking at the long game yeah you know for me um you know i want the company to to you know pay me a distribution every year till i die so i don't want to ruin oh, yeah. it or you know you know if i decide my life changes in 20 years and i want to sell it like i want to create great value i want to create a brand that's that that is very valuable and you know we're not going to do that one product and I, I always think it's kind of the wrong thing to just capitalize on um for me at least with my company and what we do just because of fortunate timing no matter what it is if it's politics or whatever is causes some event to where we could charge a lot more artificially i think it's the wrong thing to do and it's great for some companies and i don't care if people do that but my goals they don't align with that yeah well what um okay well shot show this year what what have you seen what kind of guns are you into right now what'd you see at shot show that was good or what was disappointing um shot show to me is more fun because i get to hang out with friends and anything like i'm not really going there to check out new products because you all pretty much know yeah they like, send it to you ahead of time or something. yeah I, i'm i'm in the know got friends at a bunch of different companies um but like like i mentioned like i'm into the mechanical aspect of things so one gun that caught my eye when it first sort of released last year was the um the alien oh i was hoping you would say that i want one of those so bad dude and Um. i i I want one just because of the mechanical aspect of it it's such a so different like innovative in its own way yes like it's just really cool so yeah I, i really think that's a that was probably one of the coolest things that I had hands on with there. You know what I appreciate is the more that I, I when I say I, like us as a company innovate and I write checks for it. <laughs> That's probably what the I is in it. Um, but is I understand, number one, finding the minds in a team that can work together and have the potential to actually innovate something mm-hmm. is like pretty rare and that's probably one of the best attributes I have you know like I do two or three things at the company really well everything else I should not be involved in truthfully and I mean that's good that you can have the self-awareness to I mean even like the the changes that you were talking about where you're yeah. kind of making yourself the marketing guy and the yeah innovative yeah, I don't need to run operations every day. In the next two or three years, we're going to focus. We're still actually introducing some products, but they're things that we've already developed. Mm-hmm. Um, so over the next couple of years, we'll introduce a few new products, but they're already done. It's just a matter of bringing it to production. But production has to be the focus for the company because mm-hmm. you're growing or dying, and it's just we're at that stage right now. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, I'm, I'm never afraid to not micromanage, to take a step back and, like, to me, like watching my parents work in a factory when I was a kid, the worst thing in the world. Now, our place, 
is not like General Motors in the 70s and 80s. Yeah, I, I, I got to get over there once you guys are open again. I, I want to check it out. Yeah. Um, but I think it's the best thing overall for the company, and that's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I'm good at these things. I'm not good at that. And if I continue to just push the innovation, then you know i can hurt the company long term as well like we have to produce things and be responsible at this point mm-hmm. um so that's that's one thing that i'm good at and i think that's a very difficult thing so to get back tie this to the alien pistol it is like for me to have like that's a crowded space in general like handguns yeah. and a full-size handgun like pocket handguns are still real pop but for them to focus and do some new things, and they did do some new things in that. Yeah. Um, I mean, they didn't invent a lot of things, but they did some really they, good they, new they things. They put a lot of unused technology together to kind of develop that. And combined some things and thought of things from a different approach. Yeah. And that's where I know that had to be. It, it, either if one guy did all of it, he, he's like Einstein's little brother or something. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, or it was a team and, and they had kind of freedom to do a lot of cool things. But what I love is that the gun, I think it's $5,000. Yeah, well, the one package is five grand, I believe. Pre order was half of that, so it was 25. Everybody's going to say, it's getting still, and it's always like the pullers and the haters are going to say that. Dude. And it's like, I know what it costs to develop that. Yeah. Like, like to, to do that and the quality that it looks to be. And if the presentation, if the gun turns out, the way it seems right now mm-hmm. it's a bargain and a value and i honor it because i know what it costs to do that kind of stuff it's such a pet peeve of mine like i, I reviewed a product recently it was like a sling like mag carrier type of thing uh-huh. and my whenever you're you get comments it was 200 ish dollars like 165 and people are like oh my god that's so expensive i always like to comment back very reasonably i'm like okay you think this is expensive i'm curious what you think it should cost they're like oh it should be just 50 bucks just because it's material that's right and so we'll we'll have it made in china yeah (laughs) there you go like uh, i i understand some products can be overpriced but that that is a that's an opinion if if i think something is overpriced that's just my opinion based off of the knowledge that i have a lot of people are ignorant to when products take years to design and they don't understand all of the effort that goes into it that is factored into the end price of a product yeah i I think you have to get out of that kind of mentality and some people it'll take them longer maybe they never will get out of that you you know a product of ours the the our silencers you have a trash panda so so what was important to ethan and i with the mount for the trash panda that it was simple and that the muzzle device is very compact lightweight and then it's inexpensive tapers (laughs) tapers, has to have tapers Tapers. but it has to be we wanted it to be inexpensive to manufacture for this reason um if you have five guns and you want it to go on all of them you got to buy a bunch of muzzle devices we don't want to break you Mm -hmm. so that went into the thought of that and then also making the mount mounting system simple makes it no proprietary tool or anything yeah you don't you're not adding bells and whistles that you don't need and so i think there's two ways you pay for something um for instance when we did the plan b so it's a mount that'll go in the back of like dead air silencers or silencer co-silencers and you can use our cherry bomb our quickie mount system Mm -hmm. 
And it's not expensive to make our margin on that is huge and it's wonderful. And I was actually going to charge less for it and I was outvoted. <laughs> and, and so the company decided to charge more for it. Um, but Ethan had a really brilliant perspective, which he does so many times. And Ethan is, is, is been one of my best friends for, you know, I don't know, 12 or 15 years. And he and I are very similar in certain things. Like there's intersections of where we're similar, but we live very differently too. Um, like the way he values things and me and just like the kinds of cars, he drives, like everything, like we're totally different. And he's very cheap and frugal. Okay. But if it's something that he likes, like he doesn't care. Yeah. Like he'll buy a $20 beer if that's what he likes. Mm -hmm. But like you know, he buys all of his underwear from like Walmart. You yeah. know what I'm saying? I, I think I think that's a. I mean, I personally relate to that because I feel like I'm the same way. Like, I am stoked when I buy twenty dollar pair of jeans oh, yeah. from Target. It's awesome because it's cool. But then I'll spend five hundred dollars on a pocket knife. <laughs> yeah, because that that's what brings me joy. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not breaking the bank. I'm not doing ridiculous stuff with money. But I enjoy kind of treating myself to yeah the well those are like. things that you value so that's fine but yeah. ethan's perspective was this he's like well w w you know the way we always look at a product okay what's similar in the market and what what are the attributes of it what's it cost when we're trying to figure out like a price point or something mm -hmm. and so he gets out the the dead air their chemo mount i'm not familiar well with that's it, but... their mounting system that goes in the back and their okay. their muzzle brake and he's like, what if you look at it like this? Their mount and muzzle brake weighs, you know, like eight ounces. He's like, if you had that silencer on the end of your gun and had that mounting system, that goofy mounting system, and I could turn it into hours and take six ounces out of the end of your gun, would you give me $100 for that? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. When you he's, look at it that way. Yeah, he's like, you either pay for the engineering, like, up front, you know, so for him, he's like, so when you buy this product, you paid for the engineering, not right. just what it cost us to make it. Because he's like, you know, that dead air mount was designed by a guy. It's not an engineer. And yeah. then they have to pay for all these parts. And it's heavy. And it's a big assembly. And he says, or you could pay for, like, engineers to design something that's better and lighter weight. Yeah. But he's like, you know, our engineering payroll is a million dollars a year where... It's like it's like paying for a service at that point almost. Yeah, and, like, I, and you, I think that's what we are more of. It's yeah. like that's what you pay for. Because you have that manpower. That, that That is a cool way to look at it. It's like you could change the oil in your car, spend your time doing that, or you'd pay someone to do it. Like you're – Yeah. Some, someone could possibly have – done some of the things that you have but you are the ones who've done it so that's what you're paying for yeah you, and you just because manpower. it's simple or whatever but we did it i thought too when i was looking at like this year it seemed like knockoff honey badgers was the thing at shot show mm -hmm. so like springfield armory um daniel defense and all this and somebody asked me about the daniel defense gun i think daniel defense makes nice ars but that's all they do they don't innovate anything when they design products, they suck. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, people can do what you have done. However, they don't because it's not easy. Yeah, it's not. And, and same same you, thing with YouTube. You got Everyone's get, like, oh, your life is so cool, and I, I, I could do that. It's like, yeah, you could. Why don't you? Yeah, why don't you? <laughs> like, you want to make a better life for yourself, and you have all these great yeah. ideas, do it. Yeah. And they don't realize the work that goes into it. I mean, you know, like I bring up Marty Daniel because I can't stand him, and I think he's just despicable. <laughs> if... Marty Daniel 
built a great company and he could have done way better and he could be doing better now. But you know, he wants a 300,000 square foot building. He wants to live in a 15,000 square foot house. He, you know, he wants to do all these things. And like, to me, I'm like, yeah, I would rather have, uh, I want to design this gun next. What do we got to do to get there, Ethan? What do we need? Okay, we need two engineers. We need a rapid prototype machine. We need these things. Like, I don't know, is a bigger house or a bigger building gonna make me happier? <laughs> like, I don't think so. Yeah. But that sure as hell would. Um, but somebody asked me about the Daniel Defense, like, knockoff, and they were like, why is yours worth $500 more for whatever the price difference was? Let me tell you well, in graphics. <laughs> I actually wanted to be like, you're the kind of guy that should buy a Daniel Defense. Like, the, my initial response. Yeah. But then I'm like, well, let's assume that he's asking this in earnest. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, I don't really know about the gun. So I said, okay, give me a second. And I messaged the guy, and I went to Daniel Defense's website and looked at it. And I said, well... Okay, so a one in seven twist barrel. They don't have a tapered muzzle. They don't have an adjustable gas block. It's a pound and a half heavier. And like, uh, it's a standard AR that they shortened. Standard AR trigger. Yes. So I said, oh, okay, are you okay with the stock trigger? Because if not, there's $200. Mm -hmm. So add $200, price that gun. I was like, are you gonna shoot subsonics? Do you wanna be accurate at 100 yards? Well, yeah, okay, so they're using a one in seven twist, bar like it's not gonna be accurate. Mm -hmm. So you'll need to upgrade a barrel to a one in five. So that's $350. And you know, would you wanna adjust the gas block? And like I say that, if you wanna shoot really light subsonics or all you're gonna shoot supersonic, you, you need to re restrict or open the gas more and you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, there's a hundred bucks. And so you just start like going down the list yeah, and yeah. okay, what would you pay for the gun to be a pound and a half lighter? Yeah. So it is $500 more, is that highway robbery? It, it relates a lot to what I've, I've said this in a few videos recently that people mistake just as good and good enough. People will look at the honey badger and be like, I can build something just as good. Where really mm. what they're saying is I can build something that is good enough for my needs, which is shooting 50 rounds once a year. <laughs> like, yeah. 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 And I think that's fine. I think there's a place for that. Yeah, I, I tell you, sure. I would much rather um, everybody have a Springfield Saint, which I think for the money is probably a great little 300 blackout gun than not have a 300 blackout at all and maybe never get exposed to silencers. And, you know, like for me, I, I think it's great. I want all the gun companies to stay in business. Yeah. I want everybody to own guns. Rising but, tide raises all ships. Like. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's where we talked about, you know, SIG copying the fixed rifle. And they're made, well, not exactly. They're missing the real good parts of it, but they made one similar that looks just like it. And, you know, the first part is you're stealing my shit. That annoys me. Then the second part is, well, SIG's going to spend so many millions of dollars advertising this, and they're already in their PR campaign. We developed the concept for this utility rifle. And then they get, like, recoil on Ballistic Magazine to not even mention our gun. Yeah. And the two guys that were involved, you know, I fired one, the other one <laughs> left. They went back to SIG and built the gun um, and said, you know, and so then the behind-the-scenes PR stuff is, you know, um, the guys at Q were developing the gun at SIG and Kevin didn't want to give it to SIG, so he left and they built Q to build the gun. And that's like completely false. The first week we had a meeting, me and Ethan and Nick wanted to do the gun for years and we, we wrote out all the things we wanted. Six months later, we're test firing the gun. Like, that's the way it happened. Never worked on it once at SIG. And, um, and, then it, and then to me, it just like, 
really makes me feel good that, oh, these cop companies are all copying us. We really are doing the right thing. But with SIG, I think it's great. They'll cut corners. They cut corners on the design of the gun, you know, with the bolt throw and several things. And uh, Ron Cohen is cheap, and he'll cut corners on the manufacturing aspect of it. And the gun's not going to look like ours, not going to feel like ours. And they're going to they're gonna beat us by production and you know selling it for a thousand dollars less it works out for you though because no one can mention the cross without bringing up q which is awesome well i tell you <laughs> ballistic magazine and recoil did it and i i thought that was kind of offensive and it was just that for me that's like intellectually dishonest yeah and, and that that's a very clearly like paid thing too like they were obviously yeah. told not to say that but in a normal conversation people on youtube instagram wherever if someone brings up that rifle they're gonna go like q is gonna be mentioned for sure oh yeah and, and since um 2017 they've had serial number 46 in their engineering department the fix serial number 46 really that's what they were using <laughs> to reverse engineer stuff and so i mean these are just the facts and people can believe it or not but okay you're gonna believe the pr guy or people will say kevin you know like i'll get the anonymous stuff kevin's a blowhard and a liar okay what have i lied about like put it out there what what gun thing have i ever said that was a lie like i'm waiting um, and it doesn't matter. Like to me, I'm excited they're doing it because, like I said, they'll spend all these millions of dollars marketing the gun. And you know, like I tell you, man, if I had only revolvers and I wanted to carry a gun for defense or I want to start shooting a lot, and somebody gave me a Springfield XD, I'd be like, man, this is tits, tits. I'm so <laughs> into this. But then when I got a Glock or I got the, like, the VP VP9, is that the HK? VP9, yeah. That. Or even the 320, I would be like, oh my God, this is, it, it, and that's sort we, of the thing. Yeah. Everyone goes down that route too, like as a new gun buyer. My yeah. first gun was an XD, and I was like, this is great. Yeah, and they're good guns. And then I got the next one, I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> yeah. So you don't like, know until you know, man. So now I'm, I am not even just saying this because I'm here talking with you, but when I look at your products, I'm trying to think like, what's the next thing where i'm like oh this is the tits now but like it, it's hard for me to envision something that is going to be greater or even equal uh like it, it's we're thinking about new innovations like the alien pistol that comes out and that's something i can't wait to get one yeah like that catches my eye but like i feel like we're at like a peak right now and there needs to be more innovation to have that next gun that's like yeah, and what? it gets harder, you know, like m developments in manufacturing help a lot because then you can do things in a different way and that can push it. But, you know, we're still using the metallic cartridge, so there's limitations. And, and I think part of it is, like, I'm not smart enough to invent things, but I'm just smart enough to recognize that there are things that could be improved and to for us to improve them. Um, and, you know, and I think, like, Ethan, for example, could invent lots of things. Like, he's that brilliant. But, you know, it takes a team. Ethan and I are a great team because, you know, Ethan doesn't want the responsibility of owning a company. It's stress like, all this stuff that's stressful to him, he just wants to engineer. So he can never be successful on his own because that, that's his thing. And then he hates, like, big company bureaucracy and all the things that everybody says they hate but that ethan and i keep running away from you know we yeah. try at sig we try at remington and it's like god do like it, do we yourself. don't want this responsibility but like we have to do it ourselves yeah um 
but oh hell, I don't even know what I was talking about. Uh, but oh, the next big thing. But I don't know what it'll be. But I always think it's incremental and improve because every year somebody comes out with something they're like oh they've invented this new thing and it revolutionizes the industry no, those are always the things that are fake yeah <laughs> i'm like yep. yeah i've been around long enough and i've had smart enough people working for me and there, there's just not you know john browning was a brilliant guy and it was great timing for him the metallic cartridge was new yeah. <laughs> manufacturing was kicking off like you know, there was tech, new technologies in manufacturing to where he could develop things. And if he were alive now, he'd, I mean, still be the greatest firearms engineer. And who knows what he could do with modern technology now. Yeah. But it would be much harder to do new things. Yeah, we, we pushed the envelope so far that yeah. it, it's like diminishing returns after a while. Like, in order to step it up, you have to invest so much time and money into whether it's developing a new product or, in my case making videos like I, I shoot on say a $5,000 camera setup I could spend another 10 grand and go crazy with it but the you don't get 99% of people probably wouldn't be able to tell a difference exactly so it kind of relates in that way as well yeah I, I think what you're saying is interesting to me and I feel the same way it's like well if would you spend it on that or would you spend your money going on a trip in your van and seeing all like which is exactly what i'm doing <laughs> yeah and i think that's like better and more interesting so yeah i don't even know what we talked about that so you're doing the first leg of a trip you yeah. got you got the the sat van yep which is a, a a mercedes what do they call those vans yeah it's a mercedes sprinter sprinter four by four uh it's outfitted by winnebago so the the model is technically called a winnebago revel that's i want one so bad after it, seeing yours it's a, it's really cool yeah. it I, so we had this conversation too like it's expensive, but I bought it for like my business and for video creating and stuff like that. I could have bought a Lamborghini or a Ferrari or whatever. I could have bought anything else, but I bought this to enable me to travel more, to create more videos and just do what I love. Like, yes, it's a big van and it's not like the coolest thing ever. It is the coolest thing. It is, it is pretty cool, but yeah. yeah um, so that, that's what I'm doing now. There's even an argument for it being a great date car. <laughs> <laughs> My girlfriend likes it. Yeah. She, she enjoys going on short trips and stuff too. So, yeah, I'm on uh, the, my first leg right now. I hit every New England state right now except for the only one I haven't been in yet is Rhode Island. So yeah. I'll swing down there on my way back into Pennsylvania. Um, but, yeah, I plan on hopefully hitting 49 states in the van this year. And then if I get to all of them, I'll probably fly to Hawaii. Just as like a celebration, so cool. all 50 type of deal. Yeah, so, so is the goal with this, so so what, what do you call that when you'll post it? Is this like vlogging or is this, you'll just, yeah. is that a different thing? Yeah, yeah, it's vlogging, yeah. Just video blogging. <clears throat> so are, are you, what are you trying to do? So you're going to show sites. Yeah. You're, you're going to hit, are you going to go to gun companies? Is it going to be more like you're going to go to skate parks you go into like what, what are the things you're going to do really uh, the reason i'm doing it is because i have enabled myself to do this now i quit my job i'm working yeah. for myself why would i not do it yeah I'm, and you can do it all, like everything you do in the van right yeah like I, I editing can, and uploading and all the stuff yeah i edited and uploaded a video this morning in the van um so awesome so i'm doing national parks state parks i'm really like i have a little bit of a set schedule because like i had come up here to build a gun yeah. which we're not doing but um 
I I'm also quarantined from the office if that makes yeah, you feel Yeah, I mean, we're we should be quarantined right now. <laughs> I'm quarantined here. Um but yeah, I am visiting friends, doing stuff like this. I'm not necessarily like going to gun companies cuz I'm trying to keep this that separation between my main channel yeah. and the second channel. But yeah, I'm just kind of going with the flow, doing whatever I feel like it because I can. Yeah. A lot of people are looking at this like like oh man I, I love these videos because you're doing something that I've always wanted to do and I'm glad I can like kind of live vicariously through you and I, I you well know, I, I think like when I was a kid and wanted to be a pirate you know I saw like a pirate movie when I was probably five years old and just wanted to be a pirate <laughs> but I think it's the same thing like the sense of adventure and it's probably like why everyone loves Teddy Roosevelt you know and all these other like people who were explorers and adventurers and I think to myself, man, if I could go back and do one thing, or like had an opportunity, uh, like Teddy Roosevelt and his son Kermit, when they like filled the Smithsonian with African animals, <laughs> like I don't know, his son Kermit I think spent like four years over there shooting like animals for the Smithsonian. But it's like all these types of adventures, you know. Like if you go to Key West, have you been? You, you remember? I me? used you to live in Miami. I, I never drove all the way down oh, there, but but I will be on this trip what's his name mel fisher is it the atocha where the the ship with all the gold that sank in his family i think two of his sons died around the keys yeah and they found it and they've got all the gold in the museum down there it's like oh my god like what a struggle but just this life of adventure so i think people traveling like everybody dreams of that kind of stuff yeah and most people unfortunately are nine to five desk jobs which i did kids in school got kids you're married whatever so I, I tell all young people, it's like life gets in the way. And like, I've been very fortunate. So I get to do most of what I want, but mm-hmm. the last six years, you know, like I take my kids to school every morning, I pick them up every afternoon. So it started restricting my hunting and traveling. And, um, but I tell people, it's like when you get out of school before you have kids and you have a mortgage and you have these things that tie you down, go do like this crazy shit, whatever you want to do. Like yeah. if you go, you know, go to Australia for a month or go backpack across Europe or go to Russia or go, you know, surf in Hawaii. Like, do these things because you're not going to believe it. Like, you get a family and you have responsibility and mortgages and you got a job. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know. You get out of college, you don't know what your life's going to be unless you have some incredible opportunity. Like, most people, you can live with your parents for a couple years. Mm -hmm. Like, go do the shit because you might not have a chance to do it again. For sure. And I, I went on a rant on Instagram about this the other day, but a lot of people see my situation not knowing everything that goes into it, and they'll hit you with the, oh, dude, you're so lucky, blah, blah, blah. Some of it may be luck because I've had good luck with the channel growing and everything, but yes. also there's a ton of work that went into it. And I, the rant that I went, went on on Instagram about, I basically said... To anyone who thinks that what I'm doing is crazy or whatever, you don't really understand it, think about your situation. If you died, you're, you're working your desk job, if you died today, your company would be hiring tomorrow. Like, the, you're, you're replaceable, so... Yeah, I mean, same goes even for me with my company. And, like, I wanted it to be that way. <laughs> yeah. Like, you and I driving around, I die today. Like, the company's fine and going to grow. And, 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 and some people are cool with working their desk job. They find comfort and security in that, and that's cool. But the people who complain about their jobs need to kind of run that through their head. And, I think it's the same people. I think it's... Oh, I don't know. Maybe you're right. In my mind, I think, like, well... They're afraid to go and do what you're 
doing, but they're jealous that you like have the courage to go do it. Like it would be for a lot of people, I think very uncomfortable to take off, not knowing where they're going. Like I'm like you in this sense. Like I never care. Like if somebody invites me, you know, to Wyoming that I've kind of met through Instagram and they've got a ranch and they want to hunt and shoot and they invite me out. Like I'll go not even knowing them. Yeah. And it's like, well, I get there. If they're terrible and I don't like them, I just fucking leave. Like, <laughs> you know, but it's yeah. worth the opportunity. But I think a lot of people, if if they can't imagine doing it and they can't imagine being away from their home and their television and their couch and that security that that gives them. And it's like, well, I'm going to sleep in my van for a yeah. month. And do, like, uh, people say they're jealous. They just don't have balls. Yeah. I, there's a group of guys out in California that make YouTube videos. They're called Yes Theory. You would probably like some of their videos. They have uh, their brand is called Seek Discomfort, and they're all oh, about like yeah. getting out of your shell and everything. And and I love that. That's saying. a wonderful philosophy. Yeah, because like whoever said this, everyone talks about it now. But like you're never gonna grow in your own comfort zone. When you get comfortable, you're stagnant, and there's no innovation. There's no change. You're not you're not growing in any way personally. So when you're doing things that make you uncomfortable, like now, look at the world right now. Shedding its skin. So many people are freaking out because they're uncomfortable. And they've they've never put themselves in an uncomfortable situation so they don't know how to react, which is why you see a lot of overreactions. Well, I think, yeah, so much growth can just come from that. You know, it's what you're saying. It's because you think the things that humans are capable of, that humans have accomplished. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the dude is still burned in my brain, him jumping over the house on his, on a dirt, bike on his or, dirt bike. Yeah. Well, the only difference was he just had the nerve to fucking do it. It's not like you or I couldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Or any of these other things that we see that people accomplish. It's like there are differences in people and capabilities and, you know, everything from cardiovascular to, you know, your brain and muscle tissue and the way it attaches to bone tent like whatever that make everybody maybe a little better but most of the stuff that people envy or are incredible like most of us could do it's just a matter of having the nerve and dedicating yourself to doing it. yeah yeah i don't I, like yeah. my first big thing was getting a corporate job whatever i was doing but my first like big leap of faith was quitting my job and then since then... It's a scary fucking thing. Yeah, I, I've never quit a job before because everything was seasonal. I'd go back to college or whatever, but it's it was a huge decision. And after doing that now, I've made so many big decisions, like buying the van and traveling. Yeah, it's like, what's the worst that could happen? It, I mean, quitting. I mean, seriously, quitting your job, like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, you have a family and stuff. Get another job, yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, maybe you fuck up and you get a job that's a little worse than your yeah. old one. I but you're going to sort that out. But, like, nobody's going to starve to death. Like, we think uncomfortable is, oh, my God, I'd have to live with my parents for six months. Like, cool. Like, yeah. free rent. Nice. <laughs> yeah, go, go do it. Like, I know. It, it's like the idea of, like, real discomfort and stuff now. Um, for most people, it's, it's like those are things that, w- you know, the biggest challenge ever. Like, quitting quitting a job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, but it is scary, but it's also, like, big fucking deal. Yeah. It, any job, I don't care if you're working nine to five at a desk, if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, or if you're president of the country, any job is a stepping stone to the next one. That's yeah. all it really is. You, you know, and especially I think in in your instance, um, which is enviable, in 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 many ways, but like at your age, and you don't have 
you know, children bring in a new commitment that, and there's still ways around lots of things. I mean, I still do most of what I want to do. And I didn't have to drive my kids to school every morning and pick them up. I could have continued to have nannies. Mm-hmm. But, like, I just made a choice. Well, I don't want them raised by nannies. Like, I want to do it for better or for worse. And, you know, and that doesn't mean I just come home and, like, yell and make rules. It's like you got to get up, take them to school, fix a breakfast, pick them up, take yeah, them to practice. And that's, and that's the decision that you made. Yeah, but I, I think that's the thing that changes everything else in life. You know, Lance Mountain, who is a professional skateboarder, is in the Bones Brigade um, in the 80s. And just the coolest dude. Listen to him. He's so humble. And um, it's like he's given a couple of speeches that I saw about. Um, and, and he's very Christian. But him, like the pride getting, like pride is what gets in most men's way of accomplishing or doing things that they yeah, would want to do. A lot of that. Like I'm too proud to ask for help, or I'm too proud to have this job because you know that's beneath. Like whatever the situation, he gives great examples of it, and it's like, yeah, it's like, and he's like, why do you give a shit what anybody else thinks? Yeah, is like his philosophy, and it's like, oh yeah, like why do I care? Like I care. What people think, um, you know, and this again, where my children, they have an effect on certain behaviors, and I want people to, you know, um, not, you know, like it bothers me that my son now is kind of persecuted because, like, I have, uh, uh, you know, my career. Yeah. So his parents can't, you know, his friend's parents can't deal with that. Yeah. And it's like, well, and, and then it broke my heart and it, and it makes me feel bad for my son. But then I'm like, well, too, you know, and you just have to learn that they're just like a bunch of stupid fucking people in the world you're going to deal with your whole life. Yeah, and ignorance. this is an example. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that's fair and, uh, you know, but like, and to him, he's just, he's cooler than me. He's like, yeah, who, who cares? <laughs> they're idiots. But yeah. Um, well, that's it. Well, I'm excited to. Uh, glad you came out. I'm sorry we didn't get to build a gun because of old Corona. Um, uh, I'm excited to see your videos and especially this road trip and where it goes and to 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 see you continue to have success and bring like quality content. Thanks, man. Um, you know stuff that I yeah you're welcome stuff that I enjoy watching and and I appreciate you know the recognition you give us and the kind words and. You know, and I think ours is just like yours. It's earned, and, like, I appreciate it, and it's humbling, but, like, it's funny. It's so arrogant, but, like, I expect it because I know the, the product is that good because yeah. I know what went into it. And that's the great thing when you said you didn't have hands-on with our products. It's like, oh, you can build the same thing as the Honey Badger. Well, you just pick it up. You feel how light the gun is, and everything feels right. And the same thing with the fix. So yeah. um, I'm excited for the next... I know what our next gun is, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, but, you I'm know, excited for that. <laughs> yeah, and I still can't put these down. Um, but, you know, oh, my God, so many things to talk about. But, you know, you were talking, and we'll end this. Um, but one thing I'm excited about, I always assume because of my own ignorance, this is all I've done for 27 years. Mm-hmm. And then silencers, you know, we developed through the blackout ammo, um, you know, the, just the military government experience. And the experience that Ethan and I have, but it, it, it's it's understanding that most people, compared to like the experiences we have, are, are very novice at best. But you know, it's like when I was talking to you, it's like, oh, we'll do this thing and we'll, uh, at a ranch, and well, I'm going to invite the um, YouTubers and and do product introduction. We'll set up still out to a thousand, and we're going to shoot 
subsonic ammo out to a thousand. Like most people don't even know that you could shoot 300 black out of a seven inch barrel. That was telling you the with the mini fix, the eight inch barrel. Yeah. This past week, guy had never shot a gun, and I have him shooting at 457 meters, a 20 by 20 steel target, and he couldn't believe it. Yeah. And that you can do these kinds it's, of things. It's crazy. And I, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah, eight six is going to be it. So anyway. Well, thanks again, and um, yeah, I'm glad you came up. I look forward to doing some more stuff today and in the future. Cool. Thanks, man.